Today on episode 114 of the Home of Play podcast, PlayStation is putting 300 million more into first party games and aiming for multiple platforms. Starfield and Redfall has been delayed to 2023, and PlayStation says first party games would deteriorate if they launched onto PS Plus on day one. Sounds like someone might be listening to us. All that and much more. Multiple platforms just means PC. Let's get some intro. Happy Monday and welcome home, everybody. Welcome back to episode 114 of the Home of Play podcast. For every Monday, the two best friends join forces to give you the latest in PlayStation rumors, news, reviews, and that is because we're the true PlayStation fans. I'm your host, Steven. With me, I'm joined by the king of platinum trophies and the maidenless himself, Christopher. Hello. The Home of Play podcast is a self-supported podcast. We don't include any of that bias or paid for opinion stuff that you do not need here. This allows us to bring you the PlayStation news that you actually need or want to know. All of our content is free if you enjoy your leisure. We only ask you to help support the show by subscribing to the Home of Play podcast, by telling your friends, family, and your dentist about the show and that they can find us on all your favorite podcast services of choice, such as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. Every month we're going, it's all because you love a gaming homies, helping to spread the cause through the power of word of mouth. If you have any comments, questions, or complaints, please send any of those to our email address, homeofplaypodcast at gmail.com, and then we can read your questions on the show or alone in private while we discuss... Uh, just a crazy amount of news this week. Honestly, I'm not even going to specify one thing in particular. It's, uh, it's all a lot. There is a lot, but before we get into what is a lot, we need to talk about what we did last week, hopefully very quickly. Cause like I said, there's a lot to get to this week. So Chris, give me your summary as fast as possible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I could give you a quick recap for this week. Um, after we finished recording last week, i had said I was almost done far cry. And I could say I am technically done. So there is a, a particular trophy that's related to a weekly event. Uh, I was, and you have to do it three times. So uh, last Sunday, I was able to do the, it one time. And then Monday was, I guess, the weekly reset. So I was able to do two of them. So I still technically have one more to do, uh, I guess, on Monday this week. Um, and then I'll have the platinum trophy unless it glitches on me, which nothing else has. So hopefully I can be done with that and then delete off the hard drive. Um, other than that, I honestly, I've been trying to like figure out what I want to play kind of been bouncing around with a couple different things. Haven't landed on anything particular. Uh, today was maybe the first time I was up super early. So I threw Elden ring on, uh, started doing some exploration uh, did a couple mini bosses and found a couple of different things. Revealed the map a little bit more, which was nice. Um, having fun with that, but my problem is, if people anybody remembers, I was doing a pure arcane build, which just doesn't work. <laughs> I need to put some points into vitality, so I'm trying to get to the part where I can respect my character a little bit, try to balance it a little bit better. Um, so hopefully I can get to that soon, because I think my enjoyment's a little... It's high, but it's also a little low because I'm dying in like one hit to almost everything. Like I was just fighting random skeletons and I think they were killing me in like two hits or three shots with an arrow. So I definitely need to respect a little bit, but that's pretty much been my week. It's been a, it sounds like I haven't gamed a lot and maybe I haven't, but I felt like I did. Far Cry took up most of the weekend to finish it. So uh, I guess during the week I haven't played very much, but 
otherwise that's pretty much been my week uh, in gaming how about yourself i don't even think i've seen you online this week <laughs> very busy week uh very busy so no i didn't get much time into gaming at all i think i briefly turned on elden ring for a second I contemplated Uncharted, but just knowing, you know, I kept hearing about um, Uncharted 4 specifically, but I kept hearing about everyone talking about it had a lot of cutscenes, this and that. So with just the lack of time to actually dedicate to sit down long enough I, I for something that's going to have bigger cutscenes and story beats, I just didn't want to start it up. It was basically stopping me from playing it anymore. So yeah, I just did Elden Ring because I know where I am. I don't have to worry about story. I can just do a little progression so yeah not too much gaming for me this week um just a lot going on so i'm hoping next week looks better like i know this weekend's already done and called for so i know it's not going to be this weekend but wednesday like i said usually i think next wednesday should be a better one for me and then i'll have an i guess the next weekend looks good for me as well so just yeah hopefully there's some gaming you know in my future but who knows? Whatever. I don't feel like I'm missing out right now. It's just a slow market right now anyway for games. So I think we're both you know. just honestly getting probably too excited for the new PlayStation Pass. So PlayStation Plus Plus. Plus PlayStation. My patented PlayStation Plus PlayStation Plus Plus. I think we're getting probably too hyped for it. Hopefully it doesn't let us down. But I think I don't think it can because there's just some games I know that are going to be on it that I've always wanted to play, but not enough to actually want to spend money for it. So I think maybe or that's pull what out the old console set. Yeah, exactly. TV. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, don't have to waste any more time with me. Let's just get into the smaller news bits that happened this week. Chris, we're going to start with another fun one. Xbox's online DRM under fire as some users were left unable to play games for fourth day. This one comes from VGC. So I didn't even bother to get it article out here basically it's pretty simple i guess xbox is very dependent on a drm and they were having server issues and so for four days in a row not every person was having this issue but a, a large number of people weren't able to play any games didn't matter if it's single player i guess they all require this drm and uh yeah i don't I'm know if it was even... based on like who was on what server or if it was like geographical area but it was yeah. pretty sporadic, it sounded like. Yeah, that's, I think that's the proper word for a sporadic. So it's not a big thing. I didn't even put this in here to bash Xbox. I think I put this in here, you know, even though it's a PlayStation podcast, more for the sake of, like, this is why I'm against DRMs as a whole. Yeah. And uh, I, I just hope, you know, we it's going to make this stand out a little bit more so everyone can look at this and be like, this is not the future we want. I mean, I feel like people have pushed back against DRM for a while. Uh, unfortunately, it just, you know, our cries seem to be unheard and it, it's very annoying. And especially when stuff like this powerful or prominent happen, it, it's shitty. Yeah. I mean, it, I guess it just gets too dependent on the, the connection to those servers. And obviously they can't give, I guess, I don't know what to call it, but they can't give the access key to the user because then somehow they're going to find a way to replicate it and exchange it with other users to have cracked versions of the games which probably already exist <laughs> yeah i feel bad I, I just drm should not be a thing and uh i don't know maybe i'm just being willfully ignorant and maybe they're necessary for the future but from the consumer side of things i just don't see why 
the people who are going to buy your, the games are going to buy the games no matter what. The people who are going to steal them illegally, they're going to find ways to steal them well, illegally and, and anyway. specifically Xbox because, or like Microsoft as a whole, all their games go on PC and that's the easiest way to get, yeah. you know, pirated games. So I just, you know, putting a DRM just doesn't make sense because I'm like, not that I'm saying I'm going to today, but like, you know, I could go and find any of their games through like torrents. Yeah. Like, it's just that's a reality so their drm can do whatever it pretends to you know these these guys whoever are making these games and cracking them they know how to get around it so the only person you're hurting is the the, the customer that genuinely paid for your product yeah which exactly. sucks that's the person you don't want to punish yeah 100 percent. anyway we'll move on nightwing and red hood featured in new gotham knights gameplay pre-orders now available this one is on game informer uh, another short one, um, pretty much Gotham Knights is scheduled to release on October 25th for PlayStation 5, Series X and S, and PC. Basically, uh, they revealed a gameplay trailer and just more cooperative stuff. I would just recommend if you have any interest, look it up. I started watching it. I didn't get through all of it. You know, eventually it came to the point where I realized that this is an interesting game, you know, they've already come out and said no microtransactions, it's not supposed to be predatory, but it still has all the makings of a games of a service, so kind of like I... A gear score, armor score, yes, or something. I saw yeah. the gear score, stuff like that, loot drops, all the things that turn me off lately, so for You don't me, want that this in a Batman a, game? <laughs> ah, man, like, just give me another... like, And I, I guess that's another thing, you could have that conversation, like... How many Arkham games until it's enough? So, okay, like, whatever. I'll hear that argument. Um, but Flip side, this, we could say that for yeah. Spider-Man. Spider-Man's doing the same thing, and it's it's not doing yeah. this, but it's, it's still kicking ass, so. So, I'm like, I just didn't need another one of these, and it's unfortunate. I just, but looking at this, I'm like, there's no way I'm paying for this. Uh, I, you know, it sucks. I like the Batman series. I like the Arkham stuff. I, even this game, I think it takes place with the Court of Owls, which is a very interesting uh, storyline. So. I want, I had hopes for this, but you know, and then you see the combat and there's like the numbers cause it's more RPG now. And I get it probably adding, you know, two player co-op complicated things. So maybe they had to go this way. I'm not too sure, but it's a little disappointing for me anyway, watching it. And yeah, you see like, Oh, there's heroic costumes and this. And I'm like, again, all the terms, they just, give, you know, they give me like just flashbacks and pain, like stomach pains. And I just, I don't want, I'm just, Oh man, this will, it's just yeah. This will be a game that, like, if it goes on sale or cheap or free or something at some point, you and I'll probably play this one together because I think we'll yeah. still probably play it, but I don't think we're paying full price for it. And maybe I'm wrong. Like, maybe it leans more into the story, and maybe it's great. And hopefully, it's so good that I can just get over all the games of a service uh, like aspects. Um, but just from what I'm seeing, it doesn't seem like it's gonna like fold out that way. But Anyway, additionally, we found out Gotham Knights PS4 version has been canceled. Uh, and that's not just PS4, Xbox One, all this stuff. It is going to be a current gen only game, not backwards gen, whatever you want to call last gen. And that's kind of cool to see. Uh, I assume it's me and Chris were kind of talking before recording. I assume that has more to do with probably issues getting it to run. You know, anytime you have a co op game, stuff like that, I just think they were probably having issues with the older consoles and just decided no we can cut that and i think it's a smart move honestly like me and chris we always get excited current gen only let's do it let's go Woo-hoo! 
So talking about what's not going to go, we have Starfield and Redfall delayed till 2023. This one comes from GameIndustry.biz. <laughs> Chris liked that one, which makes me like it more. Bethesda, Starfield, and Redfall have been pushed back to 2023. In a message shared on social media, the publisher said that both titles will now be released in the first half of next year. In quotes, the teams at Arcane Austin and Bethesda Game Studios have incredible ambitions for their games, and we want to ensure that they have received the best, most polished versions of them, the team, the message reads. Starfield was due to launch on November 11th, 2022, with the release date announced at Xbox's E3 conference last year. At the time, Bethesda Game Studios executive producer Todd Howard said to the Washington Post that the company was confident in the date, adding that they wouldn't be announcing it otherwise. Ooh, that aged well. Uh, Redfall was unveiled during the same E3 conference and initially due in summer 2022. Chris, not a big article. I don't think we have to spend too much time. Uh, unfortunate for Xbox gamers. Uh, why we're Maybe. talking about it all on a PlayStation podcast, though, is I think it it's interesting to see as a whole because now there's not a lot going on at the end of this year now. Uh, this opens up a huge window of opportunity for anyone else that can come out at the end of 2022. I still don't have a lot of faith in uh god of war honestly uh it, it just seems like it's following the same trend as these that we hear less and less about it until unfortunately we're going to hear uh we can't make it and expect it spring 2023 yeah no i think this is a a big hurt for xbox which is not great because right now there's a lot or i'm not a lot but i think there's not a lot uh, to be hopeful for for Xbox for 2022, like it's just there's what what I'm trying to think of a game that they're hoping for that'll be like really exciting to play, and it's I, I'm not seeing any first party titles that are gonna fill that slot right now. Probably uh like I think you mentioned a uh, Forza game, and that's about it. Maybe like the last Forza game wasn't that long ago, and I don't know if those are every single year, but could be. But yeah, yeah, this is, I think this is going to hurt Xbox, at least short term anyway, uh, until those come out. Cause I think I, 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 I haven't been super excited for Starfield myself, but it's, it's, it seems like it's one of those, like almost like cyberpunk games where people are like overly excited for it before actually seeing enough of it. Anything, yeah. anything, anything other than yeah. concept art. Yeah, yeah. No, you're not, you're not far from the mark on that one. I think we've had conversations off air, off air, on air, kind of everywhere, but there's nothing about this game that's come out yet. All we get is constantly concept art, concept art, concept art. And I just, I've said this almost, I think honestly, when they revealed the, uh, the initial release date, I believe I said like, there's no way it's making that date. There's, no way. You have no gameplay footage whatsoever. No one's played this game. No one's heard about it. Well, they've heard about it, but I guess no one's heard about it backstage. Like, what are the features? There's no rumors. There's no leaks. I I, I just, I had no idea why anyone had any faith in this date. It, is it just because of Bethesda, maybe? Like, is that why people are, like, excited for this game? Like, Bethesda's 100%. Had a it's the people that made Skyrim, oh. and I think they almost actively seem to be ignoring the fact that these same people made Fallout 76, they made Fallout 4. I just... They've had a lot of bad okay? misses. Yes, yes. And all their games, I mean, I'm sorry, but they always come out broken. 
not like Cyberpunk 2077 broken, but like, you know, they're not smooth experiences either. Bugly broken. <laughs> yeah. I, I just remember Fallout term. 4 was just a huge letdown for me personally. I'm not even a big Fallout guy, so I don't even think my threshold was that high. 76 And was they rough. didn't even make that. 76 yeah. was rough. There was broken quests and... Ugh, well, it, it didn't just... have NPCs when it released. No it was NPCs, the craziest thing I've ever yeah. seen. It's like they thought everybody wanted uh, PvP mm-hmm. in a Fallout world. So, and then Red uh, Redfall as well. Like, there's nothing other than a cinematic trailer to tell me what this game is, but it just looks like a Left for Dead uh, meets some. Um, oh, there's another type of game. Uh, I I just can't seem to remember right now, but it's just that type of game. And is that that vampire else, cinematic one? Tra- yeah, it's a vampire one. Oh yeah, people it just like, looked like Left for Dead vampires. Do you remember when the, don't understand. You remember when the trailer came out? People were like losing their mind for the game, and we're like, "What is? Why are people losing their mind for this?" It's, yeah, again, another like cinematic trailer overhype thing, and I'm like, man, like wait till you know what the hell you're excited for. Like, like it's one thing if it's a sequel. So like for us, you see a CG uh, trailer for Spider Man Two. It's like, well, yeah, but you're excited because you know it's just going to build upon what you're already have fallen in love with. Yeah. I don't understand when it's like a brand new IP and it's just a CG trailer and you're like, I have no idea what this is. Even Final Fantasy 16, which, you know, I, I have no lack of criticisms for. It's like technically had gameplay trailer already revealed. Yeah. It's just like, you know, and that game's been delayed, you know. Well, I guess it never got an official release, but they just keep not pushing it further and further back. And I'm like, and if it had gameplay trailer and Starfield didn't, like, I still don't even know if they're going to you know they've kind of reiterated this release date of being like well early you know early 2023 i'm like maybe for redfall but i again like there's nothing other than concept art for starfield oh and that one cg trailer that even that took forever like that's not that old either yeah but i'm like that does that i don't know it's like in the words of shania twain that don't impress me much <laughs> <laughs> like, you know like, uh, i'm sorry like i i mean redfall could be good but I don't think like I'm trying to think of like the next Left for Dead, which was pretty much Back for Blood. I don't think they broke any ground with Back for Blood. Like people, I think are enjoying it, but it's not the nostalgia factor of like Left for Dead. Like I'd still well, rather go back and play Left for Dead versus mode compared to the new. And, and, and unfortunately, Left for Dead, I feel like is a treasure lost in time. It's when land parties were way more prominent yeah. still, and unfortunately that's just not the world we live in now it's very much like i'm alone in my house and if i'm going to play a game it's probably going to be with chris through the internet and you just that's cool and it's convenient but it's not the same hype machine as like when you used to get your buddies together right like and you're all interacting still and having fun with this game i think that's why me and you are getting more passionate the older we get about board games because we have to sit in a circle and we have to be with each other. You know, you you order the pizza, you have the drinks, the chips, like it's just, there's something special about it. And I think that's what left for dead survived on. And so it's like when they try to come back with, uh, what was the new one again? Sorry. Back for blood. Yeah. I just feel like it, it was never going to be received the same way. It's just, it's something lost in time. Yeah. And not to say Back for Blood was like a miss. It's it's still a decent game, runs well. There's still fun to be had, but it's not it's not going to hit that mark that like Left 4 Dead did for all the people that played it way back when. So, moving on, this Mass Effect 4 collectible might hint at the return of Commander Shepard. This one comes from Game Informer. 
A Mass Effect 4 trailer dropped during the 2020 Game Awards and revealed everyone's favorite, Asari Shadow Broker. And now a new lithograph might be hinting at the return of illustrious commander. According to a VGC report, the initial description of a Mass Effect lithograph says it all. While Shepard and the survivors are left to pick up the pieces, fans are left wondering what's next. YouTuber Mr. Holthen Holthen noted that the text was quickly swapped out for something less direct. It now reads, The threat of the Reapers might have been ended, but at great cost, including Earth itself. While the survivors are left to pick up the pieces, fans are left wondering what's next. Could this sudden change mean that the Commander is coming back? Only time will tell, as Mass Effect 4 narrative details have been particularly scarce. I'm... We, we talked about this off recording. I... Okay, there, there's... Yeah, something deep down. We, we love Commander Shepard. It... It had, he had an arc or she had an arc and it was it was a good story even if you want to complain about the ending whatever I I still had fun getting to the ending my problem is is that like Commander Shepard's like an icon and been living up to like such an idol like risen up to an idol level where it's like I need to move on to like a new person's story and experience that and we were talking about Mass Effect Andromeda and how you and I both really enjoyed the game. It had some technical issues, and I'm not saying necessarily gameplay technical issues, but there's visual issues that were in the game when it first came out that really got it really bad press when it, I don't think it was deserved. Because I still really enjoyed Andromeda. I think you really enjoyed it. I, I, I am interested in knowing more about that story, where that's going, but maybe I'm in the minority. It's quite possible. So mm. I, am, am I excited to go back to Shepard? I'm excited Mass Effect in general. It, Commander Shepard, I'm a little less excited for that one. Yeah, I'm of the mind that... I And I, I'm probably wrong here, but here we go. I don't think people really like Commander Shepard. I think he's a proxy, correct? Like, he's you. He's just like, it could be a male, it can be a female. Yeah, it's pretty it much could you, be yeah. whatever you want it to be. You can customize, you make the decisions. It's just supposed to be you. It, it's basically an avatar. Now, that's why I think when people see Commander Shepard, I think they're more excited about that universe, the characters around him and their stories. And or at least that's how I'm interpreting the situation. So I don't get excited about Commander Shepard. I think how many times can you kill a character and just keep bringing them back? It's just all you're going to do is ruin the whole death aspect in that game if, if you just keep bringing people back. like then nothing matters and there's no consequence to anything. I, I, so I, I think it's like, it, it'd be a bad decision if they do this. Although I feel like I'm getting the impression that they feel that they need to, because of the negativity around a trauma, Andromeda. Uh, un that's unfortunate. Cause like you said, I, this is probably another one of my hot takes, but I enjoyed Andromeda way more than any of the other games. I think I never loved the mass effects, mass effect trilogy i just thought again shepherd's a nothing it's just supposed to be me with very limited options um some of the characters are cool like i I remember miranda and i'll always remember that character otherwise i couldn't tell you maybe grath or gareth or whatever the hell his name was mm -hmm. uh i okay and the normandy it's like okay it's a ship like cool but I don't know. I just, I, I thought the story was so generic and I just thought Andromeda, like if they would have put a little more effort in, if it would have been a little more smoother, like 
you know, come out a little more complete, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I feel like it, it could have shown, uh, shined a little brighter. Um, but I enjoyed the gameplay so yeah. much more than the other ones. Yeah, I think too. it has, it, 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 in my opinion, I guess it's arguable, but for me, it's just that had the best gameplay, like hands down. Yeah. And I'm someone who liked them all, but I, I constantly was having a better experience as I was playing each game. Like there's things mm-hmm. in the first one I didn't care for. I didn't like having so many surprisingly i didn't like the variety of guns because i felt like they were all slightly similar you're just getting higher rank versions of the guns which i didn't really care for and then two kind of flipped the script and the guns were more unique weapons where it's like i think i think they were all like you maybe have like four different shotguns to choose from and you could upgrade the guns itself as opposed to new versions of the guns i can't quite remember what the third one did with that whole system but i'd have to play i'm have to get back to it going through the legendary edition again but um yeah and just overall like i, I agree with you 100 percent. andromeda i had a good experience i really like the story i want to see more of that universe like like it's such it was such an interesting concept of them having to like you know set up a new new colonies because this is a whole new you know system that you're in right yeah yeah i don't i don't know like i get people have nostalgia for the original trilogy it's it's held to a high regard that's fine I just think it's a little lazy, in my opinion, to keep going back to the same character. I mean, you're just going to end up walking the same situation we have when it's always Master Chief and it's always this. And I just think we can grow from that and change. Codemaster Studio has merged with Criterion to develop new Need for Speed. This one comes from Game Informer. Codemaster Cheshire has been absorbed by Criterion Games to develop new Need for Speed games. EA announced in March 2021 that it was delaying its next Need for Speed game out of 2021 and into 2022 so that Criterion could instead focus on development of Battlefield 2042 alongside DICE, and we saw how that went. Then earlier this week, EA confirmed in its financial results that it was expecting to release a new Need for Speed this year, while also revealing that it has four, count them Chris, four unknown games set to release between January 2023 and March 2023. Now, then we have an update regarding the future of the franchise. A recently posted tweet reads, We can confirm Criterion Games and the development team at Codemasters Cheshire are officially coming together to create the future of Need for Speed. Forming one Criterion studio with two location hubs, Codemaster writes in a series of tweets, The integration builds off the close partnership the two studios have developed over the past few months, sharing common values and similar cultures. We strongly believe unifying the huge wealth of experience across both teams will help us deliver the best racing experience we can for our players. Now, as you can see in the tweets above, Codemasters goes just short of saying it and Criterion are working on Need for Speed expected to release this year. It wouldn't be surprising if the new studio team up were doing just that, but as it stands in the tweets, it seems the merge studio is looking ahead to the future of the Need for Speed franchise. Okay, Chris, I don't think we have to spend a lot of time on this. It's very clear what's happening. If you're a Need for Speed fan, hopefully this is going to be a positive outcome. Uh, But I couldn't really speak to any of that, honestly, especially when we brought up that they helped Battlefield 2042 and seeing the state that came out on, it's hard to believe that there was much help at all. Or it speaks to just how poor that game would have been without their help. So, yeah, you know, it's just really speculation, honestly. Yeah, the only thing I could say is, I mean, obviously Need for Speed is probably the more popular of the series, so I could see why they would work on it, but uh, I think you and I would both prefer 
uh, a new burnout game we're big fans of that series or at least i am if i'm gonna play a racing game i like like destruction derby and crashing style games and that's burnout three takedown Oof, that's one of the, my favorite ones of all time so um I would prefer Criterion be working on that. Even Burnout Paradise, I had a lot of fun with with the multiplayer and everything. So, but I will expect that the the racing game will be fairly decent with Criterion working on it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Burnout's not totally out of the question. You know, in sure. the article I did read that there's four unknown games set to release. I believe rumors were one's a remake, and EA doesn't have a huge property of things that, in my opinion, that are just that they could even remake so come on burnout takedown come on you know so it could be something like that uh i mean i don't think it would include um you know respawn star wars games or at least i hope not Mm. i just think it'd be a little too early for those to make that date yeah so anyway we're just going to move forward again star wars jedi fallen order developer claims requests for a black and or female lead were rejected this one comes from ign a former Respawn Entertainment developer has claimed that requests from team members to make the protagonist of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order female and or black were shut down. The response allegedly centered around the fact that the Star Wars franchise had a female lead after the movies, Rey, and the game already had two prominent black characters. Nora Sharamik, a lighting artist at Respawn who worked on Fallen Order tweeted that multiple employees pushed for a black and or female protagonist during development before the game launched in 2019, but were rejected because the game and wider franchise already represented those communities. In quotes, when I worked on Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, a lot of devs wanted and advocated for the main character to be black and or a woman, Ceramic said in a tweet spotted by GamesRadar. The reasons apparently given for not going in that direction were because we already have two black people in the game and Ray is a woman and we can't do that too. So me and Chris did a lot of discussing if we were going to bring this up because in our podcast, I like to stay non-political, you know, as someone who finds himself pretty like in the somewhere in the center, you know, obviously certain subjects I can dip right or left, but, you know, I would say I'm pretty close to the center most of the time and so articles like this they're interesting you know i read comments online you know kind of see what everyone's going obviously it's divided um so i i don't really want heated debate here i don't want to split anyone it's just you know reading this it did come off a little heated you know i i just i try to look into the little details you know who is nora shremek uh, hopefully I'm saying that right. So, you know, I went on the Twitter. It's like, okay, what did she do? Okay. You're a lighting lead. Where did you work before? Riot, Respawn, Insomniac, Turn 10, all these things. Uh, you look into the history and now she's working at 31st Union, which works under 2K Publishing. What is she working on? Nobody knows. That studio hasn't produced anything. Then again, I think it's only been up since 2019. Um, Again, I can make some generalizations going on her Twitter post. This does seem to be a person that is almost more of an activist than a developer at this point, in my opinion. And I also don't know what a lighting lead has to do with character creation and drawing out stories and lore and things like that. So, you know, reading this when it's coming from this person in particular, it seems a little shallow. It just seems like 
she wanted to check some boxes and I think that might have hurt the game. And again, I can't speak, can't speak. All I know is she says a large group, but you know, I also heard the same thing about the Netflix walkout and it ended up being like three people. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, I, I just, I don't know what that means. So I can only tell you from what I've researched, what I'm reading. And yeah, this just seems a little shallow to me. It's, you know, and especially like, I like the way this article was read. Cause there's some other ones where I guess it goes on further. And she was trying to say there's a, like a racist atmosphere. Cause one of her coworkers said something that is scientifically proven, but she acts like everyone was shocked and their mouths were left ajar. And I'm just kind of reading it like, but he said something that's scientifically factual. Why are you criticizing him? Why are you saying it's a racist culture? So, you know, reading extra things like that just kind of makes me feel like this person is more concerned with being an activist than a developer, like I said before. So I don't think we have to spend too much time on this. I thought it was a little interesting. Again, if you have a good story and you have a strong character and you feel strongly about all those things, then sure, like, I don't care. I, I, I've never minded, you know, I, Miles Morales is one of the best characters I played in 2020. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mind a strong black character. I don't mind a strong female character. And I don't mind a strong black female character. I, I just don't. Like, I just want to make sure that it's being put in a way that, like, it makes sense for that. Yeah, it's got to make sense to the story. And the the one, I think, thing that we were talking about, too, before was that, if they're trying to just put it in there, like throw it in there just for the sake of it being there, like mm. that's not the way to do it. That's not the right way to do it. It needs to be written properly and just there's there's a right way to do it and like the wrong way to do it. And the right way is like you have people who are passionate about the game and that that's what you want to see. Like that's where you see uh, the best work is when you can tell the team's passionate on what they're working on. And mm-hmm. I, 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 that's pretty much what I want to leave it on. I, I don't want to get too deep into this one either, but yeah, I just, the story sounded like it was already primarily kind of figured out at this point, even, or they, they yeah. had an outline for what they wanted to do and to like pivot at that point would be tough because, well, especially because it sounds like they already knew they wanted to base it off that actor. Yeah. Like uh, the actor you know, already so been like, chosen. Yeah. Yeah, so I kind of feel like when they were writing this, they knew they wanted, like, I don't know if, like, ginger's a derogatory term, <laughs> but they, they knew they wanted, like, a, a tall, skinny, like, red-haired kid. Like, someone that's not, you know, your standard male lead, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, I just... The story yeah, even centered I, around, a, around it a bit, too. Like, definitely. For sure. So then I, I kind of feel like if that was already written and they felt confident in that, like, just changing for the sake of, like, trying to set like send a signal i i just i don't know if that's a genuine like i I just i think yeah you need to make a genuine strong character for the right reasons and i just i don't know like just saying that it should be something seems weird but at the same time i could get that certain people are like well i want more representation and i'm like i'm not arguing for that but then like make i think you i feel like we'd all agree like you just want it to be the right representation i think you want it to be genuine and filled with passion and all those good things yeah there's a lot of material out there that you can make passionate characters that are with african-american and female leads there's a lot mm-hmm. of material well, actually the, the captain of the ship she was one yeah. of the strongest characters she was really in my good. opinion she's stronger than cal cactus uh, yeah yeah 
or cactus. cactus. I keep calling him cactus. <laughs> That's fine. I, I let cactus. it go because it's funny. Uh, yeah. You know what? Screw it. I can't say his last name. So it is cactus <laughs> from now on. Uh, but anyway, well, hopefully we didn't upset anyone. That's not my goal here. Like I said, I try to be a little more centralized, but uh that's just how i'm reading the article and you know from all the extra things that's how it seems but we'll move on to such a brighter story yeah such a brighter story square enix says balan wonderworld is a game it recommends with confidence this one comes from ign despite being involved in a lawsuit over its development and negative review square enix says it recommends balan wonderworld with confidence the game was brought up in a Q&A session during a company's earnings briefing, during which an investor asked about ex-director Yuki Naka's lawsuit against the company, seemingly brought up after his dismissal from the project. Square Enix confirmed that Naka had a lawsuit case with the company, but wouldn't give any further details about it. However, according to Bloomberg's Takashi Mokuzuki, I hope I'm saying that right, Square Enix has uh, also commented on Balan Wonderworld itself, saying, in quotes, it is a game that we recommend with confidence, end quotes. So not a lot to get into here. It doesn't really talk more about the case, which is more interesting than this game, sadly. Um, but, th- you know, this game is riddled with bad reviews. Uh, let's face yeah. it. Nobody ever thought this was a complete fun nope. or competent game as a whole. So I don't know, Chris. I, I don't really want to spend more time nope. on this. This is a bad game. They did not do their job, and they did what Square Enix has been doing a lot often, which is dropping the ball. What are your thoughts? Uh, I think when they 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 had, I feel like they had good intentions, or at least the creator had good intentions with this game, like to make it like the next Spyro or Little Big Planet, one of those ones where it's like super family friendly, everybody's gonna have a good time, and it just the game as a whole missed the mark. This isn't just our opinion. This is lots of opinions. I've seen lots of people try the game and say this just is a mess. And I, I, I feel for them. I, I don't know why. I keep feeling for them because it's... We, we've talked about this last week, so I don't want to stay on it too much. But it's like the old days, Squaresoft is like... That, those were the prime games that we used to play. And ah, it's just they've fallen so, so far. <laughs> yeah, it's very unfortunate. With confidence, we're going to move on. (laughs) Long-delayed Resident Evil Reverse may actually be on the way. This one comes from IGN. Resident Evil Reverse may still be on track for release in 2022, despite developer Capcom going completely silent on it following a series of delays. As shared by Gamatsu on Twitter, the Google Stadia version of Reverse, which everybody's excited for, the PvP, I'm talking about the Stadia version everybody's excited for, The PvP game originally scheduled to arrive alongside Resident Evil Village has been rated by European ratings board PEGI, Peggy. Though Capcom hasn't confirmed any release window except just this year, a game being rated usually signifies that a relatively complete version has been presented and it therefore isn't too far from being released. The PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC versions were rated exactly one year earlier on May 7th, but this was also the release date of Resident Evil Village and Reverse was originally intended to be a multiplayer mode within that game. Uh, While nothing is officially confirmed until Capcom itself announces it, the rating does indicate that progress on Reverse is uh, at least being made. I think you and I were both hesitant about Reverse initially, Um, maybe even still. We were mostly mostly excited for Village, uh, and clearly it was justified. It's won tons of awards. Uh, and we both really enjoyed it. It had some low game points, some some high points. It was, uh, it was uh, Home of Play's Game of the Year, for sure. For sure. 
definitely it won that award. <laughs> so uh, I don't think we ever factored this one in too much. I think the game did come with like a demo version of this or like a beta or something, didn't it? When it came out, there was some there's something to download, but I don't think either of us did it. So yeah. and I, I think initially neither of us are like super into like PVP games at this level anyway. But I've I've had a Capcom itch for a little while lately, so if this does come out, I'm I'd be willing to play it. I mean, we both own it technically because we got Village, so I'd be willing to try yeah. it. Might be some fun times. You know, it's free, like you said. We own the game, so I I don't think it's a selling feature, but as an addition, it makes sense. It's I'm not losing anything. It's just now it's just weird. You know, it's been it's so long over years since the game was released, and. I just, you know, now it's like, I don't even remember this. Then it comes up in the news. I'm like, oh, yeah, I never did get that thing I was promised a year ago. But it's like, I also don't feel like I lost anything because, no. you know, I we got the meat and potatoes. I, I just feel like this is, Gravy. you know, some of the corn maybe that was left in the dish. <laughs> but, I, you know, I'm fine with it. And if it comes out, you're right. It's not like I have a ton of things to play. So maybe I'll try it. But, like, I never really had hope for this. And they even advertised it odd. You know, when it first yeah. came out, it had this weird comic filter. Everyone hated it. And then later they had to come out and be like, well, you can turn that off. Well, why would you ever show it yeah. looking that ugly? It's an option. <laughs> like, who who did you like think wanted that? And I don't know. And then, like I said, do I know if this is going to be fun or not? I have no idea. But these things generally don't speak to me. So I'm kind of getting a little I, bit I just, more excited for it just because like, it's taking so much longer, so it's like they must be putting work into it, right? <laughs> yeah. I think the only thing I took out of it is like, hey, I could play Nemesis, and that is new for me. Yeah. I mean, then again, I guess you could play him in Marvel versus Capcom, one of them. I can't remember which one. I think he was so. also one of the guys you could be in that other free multiplayer one that came out with Resident Evil 3, but nobody liked that one. That one was even worse. We don't talk about we it. We don't talk about it. Final Fantasy XIV is the savior of Square Enix's latest financial report. This one comes from Push Square and is probably surprises no one. Square Enix has published its financial report for the fiscal year of 2021, and although the publisher is still reasonably healthy overall, its net sales were down almost 10% on fiscal year 2020. Uh, and it could have been worse if not for the continued success of Final Fantasy XIV. The MMORPG really is the company's biggest moneymaker at the moment, contributing massive massively to increase sales in Square Enix's online sector. The game saw a sharp rise in monthly subscribers and was bolstered further by the release of its Endwalker expansion. Uh, Chris, I don't think this is a surprise. You know, the article went on to mention, you know, Guardians didn't do as well as they thought. Uh, you know, they were still hurting from the money lost from Marvel's Avengers. And, you know, they didn't have, like, their biggest releases were in 2020. They didn't have any major other than Guardians of the Galaxy in 2021. So. It's not too surprising. No, this isn't a surprise. The game is really good. I I played the, I don't want to say original, but the original storyline after obviously all the patches and the re-release and all that kind of stuff. So, and you've played the expansions up, not this one, I don't think, but I think no, the last two, last two I've you missed. Played, I missed. But you really love the game because you played it a shit ton. Oh yeah, no, I've put my hours and in. then there was the popularity bo boosted too because a lot of the big streamers. Uh, jumped on yes, and started playing it too because they got done with the issues they're having with their their original games so uh this isn't a surprise to me uh mostly because of those things and the fact that a lot of the other games that they are hoping were going to be triple a titles ended up being toilets <laughs> I, I 
I think this is a good thing. Like, I'm happy for the success of Final Fantasy 14. The only downside is, like, I kind of wish they didn't have this game just because I think it would force them to make better changes and to pivot faster, where this allows them to just sit in this lull where they just won't recognize their failings. And Like, you know, we, we just talked about with Badland Wonderworld. They're like, it's a great game. What are you talking about? And I'm like, man, if you were struggling more, would you be saying that to your fans and your audience? Would you be coming out on, you know, I think it was January 1st, New Year's, and talking about NFTs? And then would you sell, in my opinion, better developing companies and studios to other companies saying that they didn't perform? It's just, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes they just can live off this money and not make the right decisions because of that. I couldn't agree with you more on that statement. And I won't. Moving on. PlayStation Plus could be about to land Bloober Team's catalog. This one comes from Push Square. A document dating back to April 18th, 2022, suggests select games from Bloober Team's catalog could be coming to PlayStation Plus in the future. The paperwork, which describes a significant license and distribution agreement with Sony Interactive Entertainment, alludes to select Bloober Team titles being made available as part of a new distribution system. That sounds a lot like PlayStation Plus Extra to us. The Bloober Team will inform about the details, including the release dates, in separate reports. The documentation concludes as machine translated from Polish. Assuming this is related to PlayStation Plus, it's likely Sony is signing similar arrangements with a variety of different publishers and developers. Bloober Team's recent catalog of releases includes Layers of Fear, Observer, Layers of Fear 2, Blair Witch, and The Medium. Chris, are you excited to possibly play The Medium yes. for free yes. when PlayStation Plus Plus yes. <laughs> comes out in uh, June? I am. I'm uh, super excited because uh, I've always wanted to play The Medium. Um, I didn't want to pay full price. Um, the game overall looks good. I heard some disappointing aspects about the game, so that kind of held me off from wanting to pay the price that they were asking for it, but it's enough where I still want to play it, if you know what I mean. It's kind of wishy-washy, mm-hmm. but... And then no, Observer I, was another was... one, too, that I, I was kind of interested. I don't recall Observer. I, I The name sounds familiar. Yeah, Observer uh, had the actor Rudger Hauer in it. Um, oh, that game. Yeah, so it, it seemed interesting to me. It seemed like a short game, so that was another reason why I kind of held off on getting it. Um, but if it's free and part of the pass, I could see myself trying that. So. Yeah, I feel like we're dancing a lot of speculation. Like, even, you know, when I formed the question for you, Chris, I, you know, I'm assuming this is day one. Obviously, yeah. it could, you know, be a couple months down the line before we see anything from Bloober Team showing up on the service. But, you know, I feel fairly confident that you're going to see, you know, they're going to want their more important games. Like for me, I, for free, would I play Blair Witch or for the cost of my subscription service that to me is still not why I'm getting subscription. You know, we talk about yeah. this all the time. Give me the old stuff. Give me the trials. Oh, I love the trials. And the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, that just seems necessary to me now. Um, I Because you know, there's even games coming out now where I'm like, maybe I want to play a trial before I commit my money on it. But anyway, I'm getting off topic here. I I think I would try Layers of Fear. I've always heard good things of that. Blair Witch interests me again if it's free. And the medium, 
I feel exactly the way you do. I don't know if this deserved a full price tag. I heard there was issues, but if it was just something I could experience or try, why not? I have nothing to lose. Um, you know, it's it definitely falls in the category of like a Game Pass game uh, kind of situation. So not much to talk about here, but it's interesting. You know, we're getting a little more information now about what I love to call PlayStation Plus Plus. I don't know why I keep calling it that. It just makes sense to me. Technically, because it's a three-tiered service, should I call it PlayStation Plus Plus Plus? Who knows? Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I should just stop calling it anything. <laughs> so anyway, we finished with the smaller articles, even though some of them weren't that small at all. And we can move on to the meteor articles here. And we're going to start with PlayStation says first-party games would deteriorate if they launch onto PlayStation Plus on day one. This one comes from Game Informer. I feel like we've spoken about this before in other articles, but uh, this is another new article and uh we're just going to talk about it again playstation executive hiroki totoki uh, recently told investors in a sony financial results call that the quality of its first party games would deteriorate if released onto the company's playstation plus subscription service on launch day this news comes by the way of Eurogamer, which reports that totoki said that while also mentioning he doesn't want to make comments on the competitor strategy with the likely competitor being microsoft and its xbox game pass service xbox releases its first-party games onto Xbox Game Pass at launch day, and it's a big pull for the subscription service. PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan has revealed in the past that even with the company's upcoming revamp for PlayStation Plus, it does not plan to launch first-party games there, and Totoki's latest comments echo that. In quotes, I will refrain from making comments on the competitor strategy, Totoki told investors. Our current thinking is to have development costs and appropriate R&D investment for quality products and that will improve the platform and also improve the business in the long run. AAA type titles on PS5, if we distribute that on the subscription service, we may need to shrink investment needed for that, and that will deteriorate the first party title quality, and that is our concern. So we want to make sure we spend the appropriate development costs and have solid products titles to be introduced in the right manner. Okay, Chris, we got through that article and essentially it's just saying kind of what we already known before they don't want to release their first party titles it absolutely makes sense to me financially it makes sense to me and i think he phrased it somewhat nicely <laughs> a little hard to read for me but uh overall i you know i think they want to make a solid product and they want to invest in it as much as it, they have to to make that product but you can only do that if you know you're going to have returns on those goods mm-hmm and I just, to me, that just makes sense. I, I don't, you know, it's like movies that we talk about all the time. If they didn't get, you know, if Marvel wasn't making a billion dollars on their movies, their budgets would be a lot lower. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to say we nailed this on the head some time ago because we've talked about this quite a bit. Uh, yeah. Where it's, we're, oh, I think we're already starting to see some of these effects on the Xbox side of things. Um, not to keep poking them, but their first party titles are lacking right now. Uh, and I think they're, I think they're hurting because of it. Now, financially they'll say they're not, uh, they'll say they're making good money. And I think it's pretty close to even what PlayStation was or more. I can't remember what it was. Uh, I was lower, a little lower, but a couple billion, a couple billion, but they also did just invest to quite a bit. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we've been saying this for a while, and I think it's it's hurting the quality of the games that we're getting. We're going to be getting more live service games that are half baked 
if lucky half baked and uh we're gonna see that because now like i said there's the first party titles on the xbox side i i don't know very many of them like uh-huh. halo that just came out forza that's the that's their that's their gem products but after that i can't name very many usually gears but i don't think a gears has come out recently uh, and they haven't announced when that's coming out, as far as I'm aware of. Uh, they they have. They, there's no name, and it's early development. All they said is uh, Unreal Engine 5. So uh, do we think 2022 or 2023? Not 2022, I don't think. Not 2023. I'm thinking 2024. Not, I don't know. I have a hard time even believing 2024. I'm going to say 2025. So yeah, this is just me trying to come up with the comparison that if, if PlayStation did the same thing too, uh, he's saying it right here that it's going to affect them. They're going to lose money, and then you're going to get more of these these titles that are pumped out and half-baked. And it's just going to become a mobile mobile market yeah. where we look at mobile games, and you're just going to make cheap products hoping for quick, fast returns. And, I, you know, Microsoft can say whatever they want. It's fine. I, don't, I honestly, I'm kind of over it at this point yeah. with the subscription service model. But let's face it, Microsoft has the money to sustain massive losses. and for them to keep going for kind of like Netflix chooses to do kind of like all subscription services to do. I mean, PlayStation or not even PlayStation, Sony that like, that's where they make their game, their money, sorry, is their Mm. game market. They, they're not making, uh, tons of money on TVs and phones and all that kind of stuff. That's their, Mm. that's their, uh, bread and butter essentially. So if they start passing that money off, like they can't afford to do it. They can't, afford to take those risks like Microsoft can. Yeah. Well, I think it shows. I, I mean, we don't, I don't know how much long, longer we have to spend on this. I think this is a nothing uh, statement at, at the end of it. But like, even, you know, we can talk about how they've basically confirmed that Call of Duty will continue on PlayStation. I think it's for the reasons me and you have talked about where it's probably because they want some return on their investment. And the best way to do that is to then put it on Steam, put it on PlayStation, put it on wherever they can. I believe they even talked about like possibly making a Switch version and that will have game sales and actual money come in. And then you at least help Activision not just become another nonprofit development studio. So anyway, we can just keep moving forward. PlayStation staff angry about Jim Ryan email on abortion rights. This one comes from Push Square. We're hitting all the topics this this week. (laughs) According to Blo- <laughs> all the easy dinner table yeah. conversations, <laughs> according to Bloomberg, a number of PlayStation staff are seething. Oh, man. About an email sent by CEO Jim Ryan today in which he urged employees to respect the differences of opinion when it comes to abortion rights. A recent leak from the U.S. Supreme Court put the issue into sharp focus after a motion emerged to overturn a landmark case from 1973, which ultimately legalized abortion nationwide. The email seen by journalist Jason Schreier, but not republished in its entirety online, said that the company is multifaceted and diverse, holding many different points of view, and that we owe it to each other and to PlayStation's millions of users to respect differences of opinion among everyone in our internal and external communities. The message continues, Respect does not equal agreement, but it is fundamental to who we are as a company and as a valued global brand. Bizarrely, according to Bloomberg, Ryan then went on to share something lighthearted to help inspire everyone to be mindful of having balance 
including a story about his pet cat's birthdays and his desire to one day own a dog. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, another banger here. Um, so again, I'm just going to reiterate. I like to stay a little central. I'm not trying to get political with you guys. I'm just giving you the news. This is the case. People are upset. <laughs> As someone who's centralized, I don't understand. He's basically just saying, be respectful of people. And now he's getting in trouble for telling people to be respectful. Because apparently it's wrong to care about both sides of an argument. Uh, we shouldn't talk to each other, apparently. And that's cause for strife here. I, I don't, that part I don't understand. I, I think it's weird. Like maybe he shouldn't said anything at all. Maybe he shouldn't be talking about his cat's birthdays in such an odd email <laughs> or talking about one day owning a dog. Like, I think we can have that conversation, honestly, but for him to just say like, we should be respectful to, to each other. I just think that's, yes, that's how as humans, we should respect each other. I, yeah. I don't, understand how you could criticize the man for this it, it, I, I think there's lots to criticize <laughs> jim ryan for you know just some of the stuff he says how i don't think he's a gamer at all i i would be curious to know if he actually plays any games uh he just seems like a very corporate type he wears the suit good that's about it um in my head i'm picturing it like playstation staff rise up and say who asked <laughs> yes like <laughs> what the one guy in the back's like i want to know more about your cat's birthday <laughs> and i i don't mean to make light of a conversation no, like this is a, a heavy conversation to have and i don't mind which side of the argument you're on again being centralized i'm like i guess i would lean a little more pro choice um but like if you came to me with a valid argument and a passionate of like why you feel otherwise i'm also not going to chastise you i just think we need to be able to communicate to each other regardless of what side of the fence me and chris can be very split politically in certain cases but like he's still one of my best friends i i'm not just going to cut him out of my life because he feels a certain way about a certain subject i think that's childish and speaking to other people about certain conversations has helped me grow as a human being there's many cases where I may have grown up in a conservative area, um, a smaller town kind of community, and I had very close-minded thoughts. And thanks to talking to other people and growing as a human being like I think we should, I've been able to change and open and broaden my horizons. And I just think that just being upset that he's not on your side of the fence just seems childish. And I he didn't even choose a side. That's the weirdest thing. It, it's almost like, He's Switzerland, and so everyone's now upset that he's not picking a side, and just seems odd to me. But again, you, everyone's entitled to their opinion, and that's fine. I just think not saying anything shouldn't be something we demonize. But that's my opinion. Okay, so let's get onto a less serious topic here. Uh, we'll move forward. Leaked images appear to show a new British Silent Hill. This one comes from VGC. Aesthetic Gamer, previously known as Dusk Golem, posted four images of what they claim were a Silent Hill leak. Adding while they originated from a source that was new to them, they had been given more than enough proof to believe them. Within hours, the pictures were removed from Twitter and replaced with a message stating this image has been removed in response to a report from a copyright holder. The images show a messy room, a red corridor with notes covering a wall and a figure standing at the end and a woman's face that has been partially unpeeled with messages like I hate myself and Minger 
uh, exposed underneath her skin. That's Silent Hill. Uh, one of the images appears to be concept art dated October 20th, 2020, and signed by Masahiro Ito, uh, the monster designer and art director on the original Silent Hill trilogy, as well as the use of Minger in one image. Graffiti on the wall seemingly paraphrases, he's not the messiah, he's a very naughty boy, a line from Monty, Poth- <clears throat> a line from Monty Python's The Life of Brian. Both terms suggest that this is indeed a new Silent Hill game. It may have a British influence. Uh, when sharing the screens, Aesthetic Gamer wrote, There's a lot I'm not sharing for now. This is from a relatively new source for me, but I have been given more than enough proof to believe them. I am also, I also will mention the names Anita and Maya SMS messages and that this is not the only Silent Hill game in development. The shots are a bit dated from 2020, so maybe this project looks a bit different now but this is what i'm choosing to share i know many will doubt this but i have a lot of private proof to show this is real and as always i continue to wait on the silent hill game reveal the images were then removed on twitter by a copyright holder uh before aesthetic gamer twitter account was temporarily locked following a dmca notice in the past aesthetic gamer under the previous name dust golem correctly shared in april 2020 that the eighth resident evil game which would become Village, would be released in 2021, would be a first person again, and would see the return of Ethan Winters and would include werewolves. So there's some... Track record, they're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's got validity to some of the things he's revealed previously. And if he's correct, more proof that we're getting either a Silent Hill remake, another Silent Hill story in general, it could be... A complete retelling again, possibly having something to do with the British culture. I think that's seems like a pull, like just because there's a line from a Monty Python's movie. Like that's the only thing I can get here that would indicate anything to do with British culture. But it seems like a stretch to me. But Chris, I'm more interested in what your uh, your take on this is. Well, I mean, we can't reveal our sources. <laughs> But we've known Silent Hill's got to be being worked on. Well, that's some of the problems I, I have with this is like, he's like, well, I know multiple games. I'm like, we all have heard those rumors. So again, yeah. is there anything totally here? Even the pictures, you know, I did look at them. One of them concerns me, just the art style. I'm like, I don't know if that's a legit picture from something or just someone's art pro- project they made for class. You know, it's hard for me to tell. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I'll say what we've always said is that we're super excited for a Silent Hill game, regardless of if it's got like a more British origin. I I don't I don't think I care. I don't think like I mean, it's Silent Hill's like a town, right? And I believe it's North America where it's uh, located. So it's it's kind of weird mm. that it would be in a different location. But then then again, they've done that. Because like there was Silent Hill: The Room, which was not in Silent Hill, but you went to Silent Hill through gates. Let's call them. So I, I mean, it's doable. I, I, I'm just excited. I need, I need a another good scary game at that level. Um, like yeah. the problem nowadays is there's so many just jump scare games, which are like they're entertaining to watch for sure. Not always the f- funnest to play because of those, but. I, I like suspense with a good story. And, and you know, yes. like the reason I like the old Resident Evils was like 
the, the even the sound design was like and the way the like with the fixed cameras like Silent Hill was big for the fixed cameras too at the beginning and it was or I guess some of them kind of rotated but whatever anyways like you could hear something down at the other end of the hallway but you couldn't see it because the game's choosing like that type of scary yeah. stuff it's like I'm not going forward no I'm not doing it <laughs> I remember having those like uh, those were such good times so it's like to have Silent Hill come back uh, I, I'm super excited I'm, I'm not really here to say where it's like I believe this guy he's 100% accurate I think we kind of know they got to be working on Silent Hill at this point. It's just, it's mm-hmm. too big of a, a series. And there's like, we got like, isn't like Jeff Keighley making jokes during like game awards and stuff like that, where it's like, are we going to get Silent Hill? Maybe we'll see Silent Hill. It's like, it, he's not going to do that type of thing if there was like probably never going to happen. So I don't know. I, I'm super stoked. Uh, the images themselves, I honestly don't care. Just the fact that there's something being worked on two years ago that's interesting to me yeah i feel like the only thing that makes me almost believe is just the twitter why would twitter act so fast to take it uh, down yeah 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 honestly so yeah and i think he he replied to that from his and again maybe this is just more uh fuel to like get people on his side he could be you know, could be embellishing, but he he did claim that like the copyright holder was Konami that struck him down. So I don't know if that's for a fact. Anything <laughs> it's like all that, lies. But, he changed the images to the those strikes. <laughs> but I I hope you're right, Chris. Like I'm equally excited. I think we need another good horror game. Uh, again, like we talked about the medium, it's interesting. I just don't think it's that game. Yeah. And nothing really stands up. And even Resident Evil doesn't feel that scary anymore. It's just a little bit more become action. an action game. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I definitely would like to return to Silent Hill. I, I can't wait to see more. And I, I hope these are all true and that there's progress being made. And eventually that we will see something. You know, I do know that last year, Konami last second pulled out of E3. That always makes me feel like they were... Again, this is me speculating, but hopefully they were thinking of revealing these games and more because I just don't think you'd show up at E3 to talk about like a Castlevania re-release package, and, you and know, the, or their Metal Sports game, a Metal Gear, like like that would be that's Can never going to come out well. Your Survive remake oh, or something, <laughs> but even if it was like Metal Gear Six, like are people going to be like excited for that? Like I, like I don't, I would pray they weren't. They wouldn't be that dumb. It, it was still it's, too, it's soon. too soon. Yeah. Capcom plans to release major new games this fiscal year amid record profits. This one comes from Push Square. Capcom has reported its financials for the fiscal year, and it's immediately clear that the Japanese publisher is still riding high on the success that it found during the PS4 generation with blockbusters like Monster Hunter World. The company has yet again posted record profits, a winning streak going back five years now. It also reports nine straight years of profit growth, which is seriously impressive in an industry where fortunes can turn very quickly. Naturally, Capcom doesn't want the good times to end, and so it's no surprise that it has big plans for the upcoming fiscal year, ending March 31st, 2023. It's looking to release multiple major new titles over the next 12 months or so, some of which may not be officially announced yet. Obviously. They announce games like one at a time. (laughs) It's Capcom. So what's Capcom got in store? Well, we know that it has a number of big budget titles currently in development. 
There's the recently revealed Exo Primal, which was interesting, but we don't know what, where that's <laughs> going yet. That's interesting is the kindest that's way, the kindest way that. I can explain. Due to release in 2023, Pragmato, that one looks actually interesting, but in the good way. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which, to be fair, feels like it's still a while off, for sure. And Street Fighter Six, which isn't our cup of tea. The latter will no doubt blow up at Evo 2022 this summer. And that brings us to the juicy rumored stuff. Both Resident Evil 4 Remake and Dragon's Dogma 2 are heavily rumored. And speaking of Resident Evil, let's not forget that Capcom has promised PS5 versions of Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3, and Resident Evil 7. All of those free upgrades are set to launch later this year. I noticed they didn't really talk about like DLC for Resident Evil Village, which is odd. They didn't talk about Reverse. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's, I'm excited. The fact that there's multiple projects that they're expecting this year, like, mm. uh, is is Reverse one of those multiple projects? Maybe, but it's like, it's kind of like to me, it, like you said, it's it's, it's kind of a throwaway because it's it's free, it's multiplayer, it's got a very niche market. Resident Evil games are already kind of a niche market, and to put a multiplayer only on that is, it makes it even smaller. So. I'm. Mm. I don't know. I lo- love Capcom. They have certain games that I don't play. Uh, Dragon's Dogma. That was a pretty popular game. I think it was the 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 first one there. I know one of my buddies played the crap out of that one. Uh, so I'm anything Capcom. You know I'm excited. I'm just even though I'm not like a Street Fighter guy. Exo Primals like, could be a miss for me, but Pragmata seemed interesting. So not. But the, those. That's weird because yeah, those two are definitely not coming out at 2022. I don't think so. This is awesome to hear. I respect Capcom. Um, I don't love all their games. I think they have some misses, but overall, I I see them very positively. Um, You know, I agree with you, Chris. Exo Primal seems like a a misstep, but who knows? Maybe it's much better than we're giving it credit. Pragmata, I don't know much about, but it definitely has my curiosity for sure. Uh, I can't wait to see more on that game. I, I, you know, I think they've talked about survival horror on that one as well, and has a neat setting. Uh, I, I just want to know more. I can't wait to see it. Street Fighter six. I, I could take it or leave it. I, I, whatever. No, I'm not losing sleep on that one. The big one for me though, is dragons dogma too. Uh, I was going to say this while you're talking, but you know, two people that have played that game and I'm the second one. And I really like that game. Uh, I played it way late. Uh, I played it on PC much later and I had a really good time with it. It was definitely a surprise. Um, it didn't have the deepest story, honestly, but the gameplay was so unique, especially when you consider when it came out, that I would love to see how they could reinvigorate it. And I, I just... Not wanted. to make like a pun or anything, but in my mind, like I've played played it a little bit, but in my mind, I, I kind of want to compare it to Dragon Age as well, like at that level. But maybe maybe mm. I'm wrong. Like quality-wise, quality yeah. I think like it's like Dra- Dragon's Age and Dragon's Dogma. I think are both like reviewed quite well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it, it was reviewed well. I just, it was, uh, yeah, it was so different. I think people had an, a hard time getting into it, but once I figured out the mechanics and got through it, I'm like, Oh wow, this is actually really in depth. And it had some crazy concepts mm-hmm. that I just, you didn't think it would work, uh, when it, <laughs> it came out. Um, but impressive, like I said, I'm happy Capcom's doing well because like we always say, when, when these companies are doing well, they just reinvest and we just keep getting bigger and better games. So I can't wait to hear more if they're claiming some of these games are going to come out this year still. 
I don't know how much longer they can hold on to these announcements. So that kind of makes me excited. Are, are we going to see a showcase sooner than we think? Hopefully. But anyway, like I said, we're running long. Let's let's hit the next and last article. PlayStation is putting $300 million more into first-party games and aiming for multiple platforms. This one comes from IGN. Sony is investing a further $300 million into its first-party PlayStation Studios as a two-pronged strategy to grow its gaming business alongside releasing games on multiple platforms. Revealed in the latest earnings call, Sony made clear this investment is for developing software at existing studios such as God of War, Santa Monica Studio, or Horizon Forbidden West Guerrilla Games. Uh, and is separate to its acquisition plans. In quotes, we plan to increase software development expenses aimed at strengthening first-party software at our existing studios by approximately 40 billion yen or $308 million American uh, USD, whatever you want to call it. It said, going forward, we aim to grow the game business by strengthening our first-party software and developing that software on multiple, multiple platforms. Sony didn't go into what platforms it means, but it's likely referring to the joint PS4 and five releases of games such as Spider- Spider-Man Miles Morales and incoming God of War Ragnarok, in addition to its recent venture into releasing PlayStation console exclusives on PC. Regardless, Sony clearly sees great value in the first-party software as it has continued to increase its investment in own studios each year, highlighted in a graph below, but you're not going to get to see that because this is a podcast. Look at that graph! That shows, <laughs> that shows first-party sales growing in line with that increased funding. Sony added in quotes, in addition to acquiring studios such as Bungie and Haven in recent years, we have significantly increased our investment in content development in our existing studios. As a result, our first party party software development has increased at a high rate. Uh, So that's the end of the article. Not much to talk about. It's more of a pat on the back. You know, it's just more of what me and Chris are constantly saying. It feels like every week, the better Sony does, the better these games sell sell uh the more they're investing in their future games and it, we're just going to keep getting better games this is 100 percent why it, it could seem like we come off very negative about subscription services and maybe we do i mean we probably do and it's because i just want bigger and better i will always want growth i don't want us to go backwards because games aren't getting funded properly no i love this this is exciting uh this is the way to go this is and like they're saying this is just on top of all the acquisitions they're doing with the indie studios and some of the bigger ones that they got in the works and ongoing like with the Bungie thing. So I'm I'm super excited for this. Uh I hope the money goes to the right place. <laughs> if you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. let's let's put it into new games, not necessarily sequels, although some people like their sequels. I like seeing new IPs coming out. So uh I'm super stoked for this uh looking forward to all the different stuff that's going to be coming because sony's getting a lot of new studios out there so kind of separate from the topic but yeah the first party stuff it's great that's that's what's keeping sony like i don't want to say relevant because there's other reasons but that's uh, that's what's keeping them on top for us i think for sure so anyway, we have to cut that one a little short. Like I said, we're running long. So we're just going to move up to review roundup and review roundups just when we get Metacritic scores and we let you know how games that recently released are doing. We're going to start with the Centennial Case uh, Sejima story. This one's on PS5. Critic score 75. Uh, five positive, two mixed. Not a lot of reviews, but uh, not a bad score either. So check it out if you're interested. And then the EU and Chronicle Rising. This one's on PS5. Critic 76. I uh, don't know why I almost went back to the previous score. Critic, 76, eight positive, four mix. Another not big game, but guess what? There's not a lot of releases. Not a lot of This one looked interesting. Recently, I watched so. a review for it. It looks like a, a good 
uh, side-scrolling kind of... I don't know how to explain it, but it's, it's like a hack and slash, but it just, it's RPG. It looks good. There's like city development and stuff like that. Uh, it looks good. Mm. Well, it gets Chris's approval rating for the week, so you'll definitely have to check it out now. And that mean, that's it. So that means we're going to move on to homework. What is homework? Homework is when we don't have enough time in the show, and that is definitely the case this week. So we give you article headlines where you can find those ed- articles, and you can go educate yourselves. And we have a lot this week, because like I keep saying, there's just a lot of stuff going on this week. So you know, hopefully you can keep up, and uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on this like we usually do. Elden Ring developers from, from software could be used to help make manga or anime game adaptations. This one comes from IGN. I'm down for that. 505 Game announces a showcase for next week. IGN, you know, I'm going to give you the notes here, but it's on Tuesday, May 17th, 6 a.m. Pacific. Uh, moving on, Sega is planning multiple remakes and spinoffs of past games for releases this year. This one comes from IGN. I don't have a lot of hope in Sega, so I don't know what they could remake that interests me, but hopefully for fans of Sega, especially older titles, let's go. Unreleased version of the infamous Duke Nukem Forever seemingly leaks. This one comes from IGN. First Dying Light 2 DLC now arriving in September. This one comes from Push Square. Remedy releases new Alan Wake 2 concept art, but don't expect to see any of the game this summer. This one comes from Game Informer. Dead Space Remake gets January 2023 release date. This one comes from Game Informer. Hopefully they can hold true. Release dates this nowadays, not holding. Uh, PS4 firmware update 9.60 is already available to download now. This one comes from Push Square. Latest PS5 firmware update available now. Here are all the patch notes. Uh, you can ignore that last part. Uh, this one comes from Push Square. EA's boss says the company is taking the long view with Battlefield 2042. This one comes from VGC, and I don't believe that. Elden Ring has now shipped 13.4 million units. This one comes from VGC. Congrats. Babylon's Fall dropped to just one concurrent player on PC. This one comes from VGC. That's depressing. Uh, yeah, that that game that game's got a long life ahead of it, I'm sure. PS5 fans hope mind-blowing Unreal Engine 5 demo is a glimpse of the future. This one comes from Push Square. Uh, FIFA confirms it will create an EA Sports FC rival and says it will be the only authentic real game. This one Shots fired. VGC. And that sounds petty, but congrats. So we got through everything. Oh my God, that was a lot. This is probably, I keep saying every week, but this is now probably the longest episode we'll ever have. And uh, thank you guys for your continued support. We appreciate it. Your time's your most valuable currency. Uh, so we just appreciate that you give any of us that time. And until next Monday, we just have nothing else but to say goodbye. Bye guys. Yeah. <laughs>